I, I think it's important to to say as well that like chi is like the source of all sort of movement so it's like the push so like when b was talking about how liver can't function properly it's like liver needs that chi or that push to function like do it like proper function properly but i think it's also important to say that it doesn't cause the push it's just like uh the catalyst for the push to happen Welcome back to the Forever Young Podcast, a Chinese medicine podcast hosted by Chinese medicine graduates. We release episodes every week on a Thursday, and if you're new here, feel free to subscribe or follow us to keep up to date with our uploads. I'm Brendan, and I'm joined by Charlene. Hello. Nick. Hey, guys. What's going on? And Timmy. Hey, yo. And so this is part four of the, our introductory series. And if you haven't actually listened to the previous episodes, make sure to actually watch uh, the first couple episodes to kind of get the continue continuity of uh, the episodes. Because uh, we go we go through different theories, um, and we go through the fundamentals of Chinese medicines for those that do want to get into Chinese medicine, but also to brush up on, on our own basic knowledge and whoever's listening too. Um, so today we're going to go through another fundamental part of Chinese medicine. However, rather being another theory, like the last uh, three, yeah, last three episodes, um, uh, the topic we're going to talk about, uh, talk about today is more about actually what's within the body. And that'll probably be an ongoing trend for the next couple episodes as we start to dive deeper into, um, you know, organs and uh, pathogenesis and all that. But today we're going to go through... Uh, chi, blood, body fluids, damp, and phlegm. Um, now, the understanding that I have, and I thought probably like to throw in uh, a highway, the highway theory, or um, something that was told to us by our lecturers, and a good way to kind of picture the body um, with chi and blood, and is to understand that like uh, meridians run through our bodies, and they're like highways. And the chi and blood, body fluids, and the damp and phlegm are kind of like cars within the highways. So when there's something actually going wrong with one of the cars, it creates blockages, and then that's and it starts to create problems. So then think we use things like acupuncture and herbs in order to kind of fine tune those cars and um, get things going smoothly. So that's something I actually do tell my patients and that's something that uh, we're told in the f- in the first couple weeks of our course to kind of understand how these how these kind of play into each other um, that's a very very brief and general description of like meridians and uh, the chi and blood body fluids and all that um, but we'll definitely get into it a little bit more and when we get an idea of how these parts of the body work uh, we can use them to kind of further understand the processes of the body and how they affect the organs. Um, and I, I find that the highway theory is actually the easiest way to understand uh, just basically the really the really underlying idea of acupuncture and herbs. And, you know, I, I did definitely jump straight into it, but um, we should, I'll, par, I'll palm it off to everyone else and as a discussion, um, 
So we're talking about Chinese uh, Qi and blood. Do we go one by one, or do we go? What we, 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 we yeah, we'll about how we one. want to discuss this? Wait, one by yeah, one. Okay. Like, so one, by one is like Qi is one, blood is one, or one by one all of yeah, us. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> either or, either or, we could do it like the five elements theory last week, where we're just like, "Hey, you, you get water." <laughs> no, nah, we'll start um, about chi. so we'll start off. Yeah, we'll start with chi. Now let's discuss chi. How do you guys define chi to you, to yourselves? Uh, chi, the way the way I've always sort of seen chi is like that life force. Um, it's the energy that's in the body. You know, the stuff that you can't see, uh, it helps, yeah, like you were saying, it helps push things along. It's that that drive, you know, that it's, it is it is a really hard concept to explain, um, but it is that, that life force, that energy within the body. Yeah, it, it's usually most related to energy, like, um, I, and I guess... Because, like, usually I say chi and people are like, what? And I say energy. And it kind of makes more sense. Because if you look at it from a f- physics theory, a physics point of view, energy can be both uh, potential energy or kinetic energy. So it's like it has the potential to move the blood. And, and the main, fu- the main um, function of it and the most uh, understandab- understandable, yeah, understandable function is to move the blood. And if you don't have enough chi, you don't move the blood, if that makes sense. Yeah. That's one of the parts I, of chi. I, I feel like after reading like the web that has no weaver, they kind of explain chi as like, it's more than just energy, which is super confusing to understand. If you, <laughs> like, it's like, how, how do you have something like the way that uh, Ted Kapchuk explains it is like, chi is the pulsation of the cosmos itself. Like, what, what does that even mean? <laughs> and, then, <laughs> and then he goes on to say that it's like somewhere between matter and energy, which is even more confusing because when we learn it's in hum- school, it's like it's a form of energy, helps things move along, it warms things up. But when you read his book, you kind of realize that it's more than that. And it's really difficult to explain, but he explains it really well. Yeah, I I, I think I think that... that that kind of makes sense, though. Sorry, sorry, Tim, to cut you off real quick. I just want to jump in and be like, uh, it was Qigong and all that. They're like, oh, draw the chi from the earth and things like that, or draw the energy from the earth. Mm. And then, um, and I guess in talking astronomy-wise, <laughs> I can kind He's of understand that. physics and now astronomy. Yeah, yeah, keep going. <laughs> no, well, what, what, you, what were you about to say, anyway? Indeed. I'm Thanos. <laughs> Uh, yeah, so Tom, can you elaborate on this, on this yeah, theory? Yeah. So the way that B explained it, I actually really like how he explained it from the physics point of view, where it's sort of that in-between state of both like potential energy and like the pushing force of energy as well. It's It can come in like, in like any sort of form that has life. So like um, the... Me- oh, maybe not for everything. I think lifeless and things with life, it can come. So like stuff like... Um, mountains can have chi, trees can have chi, emotions can have chi, like things that, like things within themselves that sort of are alive and not alive can have chi. It's it's so hard to like explain. 
Um, I th- no, no, no. I, know, it makes sense. It makes sense. And because you know, you can't see or f- you can't see chi, and it's not something that you know we can go back into science and say like, what is chi, and like let's like break it down and like actually find what it is because you know in that sense it doesn't really exist, but you know we can feel it. We can it. Um, we can recognize the symptoms and. You know, we can give it a definition and a like a um, surround it with things to make it some sort of you know actual thing. Um, but when we you know break it down, we can't see it or anything like that. So I think that's where it's it's really hard to to get that across, um, and especially to some people that are that are really like science based or you know stuff like that. It's hard to to sort of get that idea across. You know. But even even in a science like in a science perspective, like something I learned that for some reason really stuck with me through physics uh, physics class is that if you have like if you hold something, and that that item has potential energy, so like it always will have some sort of energy within it, and then when you drop it, that that potential energy changes to kinetic energy to make it move. And then there's other forms of energy in itself. And the only energy that we can see is the energy that's transformed to like light or something like that, like lightning, for example. Um, so I, I guess I guess crossing the borders between uh, uh, Western science and Chinese medicine science is that not even Western medicine, sorry, Western science like can really encompass um, the energy that we can see or can't see. Like they, they don't know that either. Um, so I, I guess... It's still, it's still like, it's a, it's still a very broad term. It's a it, the cosmos thing, like, really trips me out still. <laughs> like, but the chi is very broad itself. So yeah, no, I I actually really like the way that you explained it with physics. I feel like anything with the ability to transform from its previous state has chi. So like, even dropping the ball, that movement has chi. I don't. It's more of yeah, like no, a no, fundamental no, that's right, concept. That's right. Exactly. I think it helps to understand if you look at where chi comes from in the body. So for there's like three sources of chi from Chinese medicine. So the first one comes from our parents, our source chi or our yuan chi. And then after that, we get chi from our food and our nutri- like those nutri- nutrients, nutritive chi. What's the what's the Chinese one for that? Uh, no, which no one? The, oh, the the nutrient chi. Yeah. Gu chi. Oh, like, gu chi. Yeah. yeah gu chi. <laughs> it, it actually is gu chi. <laughs> and then you also get the chi from the air, so it's like kong chi, like from the air you breathe in. So, yeah, those are the three sources. And that kind of contributes to all the chi in our body. Yeah, and when we go over, uh, when we deep dive into the organs and stuff, we'll we'll talk about how they produce chi or use, you know, chi blood, stuff like that. So, um, yeah, is there anything else you want to say about chi? It's a in very broad. It's so broad. <laughs> I'm like, I, I did I, after you talked about like the uh, cosmos and energy. I'm like, wow. I, as I was talking about, it, I'm like, damn, this is this is a really, really elaborate. 
in comparison to the other stuff we're about to talk about. I think we can oh. quickly talk about the other, like each meridian has their own chi and each, like each organ slash meridian has their own chi. And then there's like wei chi, which is the protective chi, which we have mentioned previously or in previous episodes. I think those are the only two things that I would touch on for basics. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, hundred percent. I think I think uh, the way that uh, organs uh, have like have chi, in a way, it helps them um, conduct their functions within the body. So, for example, liver chi. Um, uh, an example, and it's if you don't if you don't really understand this because we haven't gone into organs yet. Fair enough, but the liver function is to circulate um, circulate uh, chi through the body. So then, when the liver is deficient in chi then it can't circulate the energy in the body as much. So then you get your, and that, and that's represented outwardly as like, you know, your sluggishness and uh, lack of energy and so on and so forth. And that's a very, that's a very specific example, but it kind of illustrates that uh, if you don't have chi within an organ, then it can't really do what it's supposed to do. And then you get dysfunctions on the body. And that's essentially what we kind of own in and treat. So, um, yeah, yeah, I agree. Yeah, I, I, I guess there's yeah, anything this- to that. And in this example, you've got two different types of chi because you were talking about like the liver chi in itself and then you were also talking about like the body chi, so like your overall chi. Um, so yeah, exactly. You know, that comes back to like each thing has its own chi um, within like the whole world as as Tom was saying earlier. Um, so, you know, you, yeah, you break that down again. Um, so you've got like your body chi, which is like the pool of chi, that helps, you know, your muscles and just daily functions. And then, yeah, you break that down again and you've got each organ has its own chi, um, which helps the organ do its thing. Um, so, yeah, there's there's a good example of two different types of chi that hold the same name, which <laughs> can be really confusing. But mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think it's important to, to say as well that, like, chi is like the source of all sort of movement. So it's like the push. So like when B was talking about how liver can't function properly, it's like liver needs that chi or that push to function, like do its like proper function properly. But I think it's also important to say that it doesn't cause the push. It's just like uh, the catalyst for the push to happen. If that makes sense. This is going to get really, it's even more confusing, but... <laughs> It's like it's there to make sure that the push is happening, but it's not the one causing. It's not the guy pushing the function from happening. So you can't separate chi without the movement, but it's not exactly the ones that cause the movement itself. Yeah, I'm trying. I, I, I'm, I trying I'm trying to. to it's I, hard I think to my, I was really simple-minded. I was simple-minded, in being like, "Yeah, it is the push. <laughs> like chi is the push. It's the chi is the, the function, the movement." I, I, I kind of that's that's kind of how I interpreted that. <laughs> what we were saying before. <laughs> it's it's sort of like, um, it. Uh, so when you push something, something like go, you goes with it, yeah. But the chief follows the push as well. Oh my god! I uh, hold on, hold on, hold on. I think maybe so. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna expand on the whole uh, potential energy and kinetic energy real quick. Sure, so then maybe okay. Can, but but like you eat food, 
for example, you eat food and your spleen changes that into um, into chi, in which you can you engage your muscles to push something, turning it into kinetic energy, if that makes sense. So if you think of it that way, the chi from the food transformed into nourishment for your body in order to make kinetic energy. Um, that's that's a, a form of not only transforming chi, but how chi is incorporated within the body. Does that make sense? Is does that is that relevant to our discussion at all? <laughs> I think I think Tom's taking it like a step further and talking about like the how the sort of how everything the mechanics works. of chi. Yeah. So so like I this is the way I've sort of thought about it in my head. But say you got like a man pushing a boulder, the the chi isn't the man that's pushing the boulder. The chi is like his muscles that are moving the boulder. You know what I mean? Yeah. Is that how you're trying to explain it, Tom? Yeah. Yeah, but it's... So yes. Yes. <laughs> it's like that potential well, energy again. in the man with the muscles, but it's not the man. Yeah. The man yeah. is not chi. Yeah, it's not the man. That, that's... No. No, that's kind of... That, I guess that's kind of what I'm kind of saying. Like, you have in the in the scenario where you push... When the man pushes the boulder, he's changing the, 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 the chi within his body to into kinetic energy to push the boulder and that kinetic energy is being forced onto the the boulder. boulder. Yes. Yes, I get that yeah. now. Yeah. So then that is chi. That's energy. And if you un- kind of... It's a very, very, very... It's very hard to understand, but that's what chi is. If you, if you just interchange chi and energy, especially from a physics point of view, it kind of makes a little bit, a little bit of sense, both in food and, and uh, actual mechanics wise i feel like all right yeah that's, that's probably shit, enough for that chi. <laughs> <laughs> you're just like i have no idea what we're talking about <laughs> like in terms of physics and stuff like in terms of physics i'm just like uh, okay sure so i was i was like really into physics in high school so <laughs> like right. and i well, found, I found that topic really interesting all right about chi um i think yeah we spent a good 20 minutes on chi <laughs> I think that's that's plenty on chi. So, so let's talk about the blood now, uh, and this is the blood from a TCM point of view, which is which differs a, a touch from the blood in the Western medicine point of view. I mean, it's the same thing, um, obviously made up of the same constituents. We don't, we're not changing the blood, but we're changing what the blood does, and we're changing the blood function and you know how it's how it's produced and stored in the body uh, from a Chinese medicine point of view. Obviously, from a Western medicine point of view, it, it remains the same because, um, you know, that's the science and you can't change that. But from our ideology and how we view the body, um, can, yeah, somebody just run over, like, what is what is blood from TCM and so how it works? If, yeah, so if... The chi is the movement, the yang. The blood is kind of the nutrients and the yin. So it's more of like that stillness and nourishing um, side of things. And it's derived from food. And it kind of moves around our body. But the thing is, the blood needs the chi to move. So it moves with the chi. But without the blood, the chi can't move. Here we go again. Yes. <laughs> okay, but its basic function is to nourish, provide nourishment for the body. For the body. Yeah, 
uh, it's sort of like if blood is like it's similar to like western med where like it provides oxygen and nutrients and stuff so if like if that's all packaged into a box she's there to pick it up pick up the box and deliver all that good stuff to like organs or like the muscles or whatever it's it's fedex so she is fedex and uh blood's package yeah yeah sometimes sure. you have <laughs> yeah you have exactly good fedex and you have australian post so it really depends on how your body's <laughs> flowing and how that, good the that's actually that's actually a really good analogy because without the package, the blood, the FedEx has nothing to do. So then it doesn't go anywhere. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Mm. <laughs> I think that's that's a good way to like segue into like, um, like if you had not enough blood, you didn't have enough boxes, then, and you still have like a lot of chi, like there's nothing to give. You know what I mean? But doesn't, um, doesn't that's a, that's a really good point to touch on here in terms of Chinese medicine and Western medicine theory. When we say like where people are blood deficient or um, you know, these type of th- like blood stagnation, um, it's it's not that we're talking about they're actually anemic or they don't have enough blood in their body to you know to get on with life. Um, it's it's blood from a TCM point of view and not really a Western medicine point of view. Um, you know we're talking about blood deficiency as there's not enough blood being produced and not enough blood being stored by the liver and the spleen. Or like a malnourishment. Yeah, that's like right. A malnourishment type of deal. Yeah. But from a TCM level, rather than a Western medicine level, like I guess the there's no specific measurements like you would in um, Western medicine. Like there's no blood test or like checking all these levels for a TCM diagnosis of a blood deficiency. Yeah, that's right. Like you could go get a blood test and come back and be like, oh yeah, my, like everything's perfect. Uh, but then, you know, a TCM doctor will feel your pulse and look at your tongue and look at your symptoms and be like, well, from my point of view, you're blood deficient or chi deficient. Um, so yeah, there is a distinct difference there. And that's that can always be a hard one to get across to patients. Um, especially when it just rolls off the tongue like, oh, yeah, well, I think you're, you know, so blood deficient. And then they all of a sudden get like, oh, I don't have enough blood. Like, what do you mean? <laughs> and then you got to sort of explain that again. Yeah, exactly. Um, so, yeah, these, these two things are, are quite different and, yeah, different, differ between TCM and Western Med. Yeah, I, I think it gets super confusing, especially once you involve organs as well. So if you have, like, heart blood deficiency instead of like overall blood deficiency because then you have to explain like the heart's not getting enough packages so you would have stuff like palpitations insomnia but like you have to explain that's just that organ that is blood deficient not your whole yeah, body that's right. sometimes and, you know again we will go over all that um once we get into the organs and stuff but just like the chi most organs have their own blood function as well um so you got the heart blood and the liver blood are the the big ones yeah. So, does anybody else want to say well anything said. else about well blood? Um, I guess like the only thing, not really information-wise, just more how I kind of understand it is that yeah, like blood is like the nutrients, and in a way, I have no idea why, but I have this picture of my head that of like a dried of a of a fish that's water like washed up on the sea, and this is gonna be so weird. Sorry, but. 
like wa- washed up on a beach and then it's like drying out and then the water finally comes and like almost like <laughs> it'd be such a, so weird moistens the fish and like nourishes it with with what it what it needs so so it can breathe in a way i kind of see blood being the water and then the organ being that fish it's just like if it doesn't get enough water it'll start to die so it's like it would yeah start to wither away so then like let's say i see like the heart blood deficiency for example the 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 heart is like struggling but as soon as it has a uh, as soon as you start trying to find the blood and treating they get that wave of blood and then they start to be nourished and then it starts to do what it's supposed to um the the a weird analogy that's how i understand it i have no idea why but yeah that's how i see it, it will it will make sense to some people and you know, that's i really that's why we have four different, I, I, different I, I, that's why we have four different minds i feel like a psycho i no, feel no. like a psycho now like, it all makes sense all I'm imagining now is like someone's organs all on on the beach and just like blood just like washing over it and just a sea like, of blood. Oh, here's some like a yeah, a sea of blood. Scene. And they're just like <gasps> every time like the wave comes. <laughs> you baby do. He's like, Yeah, so, I think I'm okay and all the organs are just sprayed out on the beach and he's just like I think I'm okay. <laughs> yeah. So is there anything Go else on, about Nick, blood? Sorry. The... No, is there anything else about blood that we want to touch on? Um Specifically, I, I think we're okay. I, I think it's, I'm all right. It's a fairly easy topic to sort of understand um, at the superficial level. Yeah. Um, it's 100%. just that you've got to sort of understand that we're talking about the same thing but different things with Western medicine and TCM. Um, um, shall right. we talk about <laughs> body fluids? And I... Body fluids is sort of a smaller thing. Yeah, so we can quickly run over it, I reckon. So there's two types of body fluids in our body. It's gin and yeah. And gin is like the thin, clear, quick-flowing, watery fluid. And it kind of follows the chi and blood at the surface. Um, So it like moistens the skins and like the mouth and the orifices and the muscles. And then there's yeah, which is the thick and like slow flowing, slow moving um, body fluid. And that is more nourishing. And that kind of um, is stored in our bones and our brain. I was going to say brains, but we only have one brain um, and joints (laughs) and like is the marrow if you think of it. So if you think of gin as like the saliva and then the yeah is like um, the marrow in our joints and things like that. (laughs) You You learn something Yeah, you you know what, buddy? (laughs) I did. 100%. Yeah, I don't think I've ever... must have been sleeping through that class. I, <laughs> I didn't realize, didn't look too hard into the fact that there is like two different type of body fluids and stuff. I mean, I always know like that marrow is its own thing and you know all that stuff. But yeah, yeah. I was gonna say the marrow thing kind of tripped me out. I'm like, oh damn, yeah. Body fluids, I, I I'm just like, okay, they moisten. <laughs> that's all I got. <laughs> yeah. Well, the more you know. Yeah. All right. Yeah, nah, look, we're learning too. Look, we're learning too. We're brushing up on our own uh, um, our own basic knowledge. So That's right. That's, good. That's, That's good. right. Anything else we're on all, body fluids? We're all students. Um, 
think that's exactly. It. Yeah, I feel like just that's a, that's a pretty much it. Yeah. Yeah, just jumping on Charlene's thing. Pretty much, it's like this clear fluid that anything that's like thin, think of gin. Anything that's thick, think of, uh, yeah. 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 <laughs> so like things that like flow out. Think of yeah. Yeah. I. Did we talk about how like like yeah. all types of. <laughs> God damn it, V. <laughs> Do we talk about different types of fluids as well? Like all like sweat, saliva, urine, gas, anything that comes out your body that's not blood. Do you want to talk about it? (laughs) Yeah, that's pretty much it. Just like anything that's liquid is made up of some sort of fluid, which makes sense. Like if you think about it. Mm -hmm. And each organ has their own, mm -hmm. each one of these, um, so each organ has its own body fluid that it pertains to um, as well. And we'll talk about those when we go yeah, deeper right. into the specific organs. Yeah. Yeah, because they become a very um, important tool in diagnostics and stuff. So, um, yeah. All right, body fluids. Is that is that just about it or can we move on? Yeah, can we move on? Yeah, All I, right, I let's talk about the... Yeah. yeah, let's talk about the big boy. Damp. Now, we were debating whether we should put this in this topic because it is a fairly large topic. Um, <laughs> Sorry, I just like yeah, how you keep using time, so. damp for like large, big boy, or like the fatty sort of yeah. stuff. See, <laughs> yeah, see, the fatty. <laughs> so, dampness, I guess, in a way, is just the turbidity of the body. So, um, I guess that it's kind of like waste that's, um, that's not poop basically. Um, and damp is, uh, damp is basically, um, I guess, can I, can I say where it's, where it's from? Is that, is that relevant to this yeah, topic? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Go, go. Sorry, relevant to, yeah. So usually when it, it, dampness is like kind of like a, if the spleen is dysfunctioning, which is spleen is in charge of like digestion and stuff like that. Um, and it's in charge of separating the uh, turbidity and what's the other one? Turbidity and the clear. Yeah, turbidity and clear. So the clear is the good stuff that you get from food, and turbidity is the bad stuff that you get from food. So it's supposed to separate the two. But when the when the spleen isn't doing the right thing, then it starts to create damp, and that's dampness that you. Uh, actually, I probably should take a step back. That's dampness created within your body. But another way you can get dampness into your body is by externally um, ingesting dampness. So like fatty foods and all that. Um, both of those, that dampness is generally considered as more of like a, a pathogenic part uh, of the body. So if you have dampness somewhere, it's generally, it's not generally what you want, <laughs> essentially. And then what I think of it is like, because it's a the turbidity of and yeah, like the bad stuff of food. The way I think of it is that it's just like this fatty substance that's like obstructing things and making things not work right and making things more gluggy. And um, that usually manifests uh, itself through the symptoms from dampness. So like, yeah, like I said, sluggishness, uh, weight, uh, obesity, and all that kind of thing. And that's what I kind of associate dampness with. Um, but there are other parts of dampness like um, uh dampness and joints and all that, which are a little bit 
more obstructive rather than actually uh, externally uh, and visually manifest manifesting in that. Um, yeah, I sorry, I went off on dampness because I was just like, yeah, I know this. <laughs> no, you're right. I yeah. Can I just add, it's more of like a long-term kind of thing. So just by eating like fatty foods for like a week, you're not going to cause an like super excessive amount of damp to occur. Whereas if you do it for most of your life um, or even like into your teenage years from when you were a child, then the dampness is going to slowly start to accumulate. And once it does, it's quite difficult to kind of get rid of because it's like that lingering in that heavy kind of um property if that yeah. makes sense yeah yeah that makes sense. It's, it's sort of like that cartoon sort of like you know in cartoons how you see that like these guys wheeling away these big barrels of like toxic waste sort of thing <laughs> yeah that's, that's sort of sort of what it's like it's like your body's like it takes all this like toxic like bad stuff and they're like what do we do with this they just like chuck it to the side and if you keep eating more you keep chucking more to the side and you're like uh, yeah, we'll just keep leaving it here. Who cares? Just leave it. And then they keep chucking to the side. And that's how you get that, that build-up of dampness that leads to, like, obesity or, like, arthritis in the joints and stuff like that because they don't know what to do with all this, like, bad stuff. And they're like, we'll just chuck it wherever. We'll just chuck it wherever it wants to go. And that's generally how, like, they can chuck it to the heart. That's how you get, like, like palpitations, all that heart attack and all that stuff. They can chuck it to the joints. They can chuck it to... Anyway, lung. Yeah, chuck it to oh, the lungs. Oh, well, that's a whole. That's 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 a whole different story. Without we got that. <laughs> yeah, we'll too. get into that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The properties of something... damp. Oh, oh, sorry. Go. No, I was just no, gonna go say like properties of damp. It just tends to be more heavy and sticky as well. So it tends. That's why when Charlene was talking about like it's, it's a build up. It takes a long time to remove. It's because it's sticky and it's hard to. It's like mucus but like that sort of concept of mucus in terms of properties it's like that consistency like yeah like when i think about damp i think about that consistency of mucus it's like sticky yep um and it's yeah like gross (laughs) it's like gross within the body it's gross but i think i think a good thing to touch on here is um it it can take a long like a long time to manifest um and it doesn't sort of just happen overnight uh, and your, I I found when studying, you would get a lot of like people that first uh, they under they learn about dampness, and then all of a sudden the next day they come in and they're like, oh I've got so much dampness I just need you know it's and it's like well not really because you know your body is going through all these processes at at once, um, and you're constantly. Uh, separating the turbidity from the clear as well through all of your food, um, so you're ob- you're obviously going to have some of that waste, but that doesn't necessarily mean it will turn into dampness. Um, so that's there's sort of you know a bit of um, j- jumping the gun type of thing with dampness um, and students or people that starting to understand about TCM life and how it works. Um, very yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna add to that really dance. quick. That's my mum. I'm gonna add. My <laughs> I want to add to that. Yeah. All the time, she's like, "Look at all the dampness <laughs> I've got today," and I was like, "What? No, no, you don't. Stop. <laughs> Stop. That's not I, how it works." I think I want to add to. 
I, I do. I really want to add to that because um, when Nick was saying, like, you know, uh, when both everyone, when Nick and Charlene were saying, like, you know, uh, it does take a while for dampness to kind of come through and actually become a problem. I think that's what it is. It's like, yeah, if you eat fatty foods, you're going to get damp symptoms, obviously, but that's also your body trying to work out itself. So you get the dampness, and then your your spleen's like processing it through and doing the thing. It's more so if the dampness becomes more pathogenic is is where it where it, we start understanding it as like an actual all-blown issue. Like let's say you had a whole bunch of fish and chips in one day. Yeah, you're going to feel sluggish. You're going to feel the dampy-ish stuff. But then eventually the next day you're going to be fine. It's, the it's not going to stay in your body. It's the damp food that you're eating. It's not the symptoms of the dampness in your body. Um, yeah, is- exactly. Exactly. Your body's trying to work out itself. So then what, that's when it's starting to get pathogenic is kind of what we're talking about in terms of the 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 diagnosis of dampness within your body if that makes sense yeah. i don't know if i explained that right but i yeah, yeah. <laughs> cool so um is there anything else in dampness just, i feel like there's a lot more yeah uh i feel like there's more is there any more anything i think that's uh <laughs> I didn't expect it to finish so fast. <laughs> no, we we will touch on it again uh, when we mm. talk about the spleen and the digestive system um, and yeah. how it manifests there. And you know, like Tom was saying before, we'll talk about it uh, in the the upper jaw with the heart and how it manifests with the heart and clouding the mind and stuff like that. Because as we're about to lead on now, we've also got phlegm, which um, phlegm. After a very long time, phlegm is made up from dampness. So it's so if you think of dampness as that mucusy, sticky, um, I I tend to sort of click my fingers together when I think of dampness because it's <coughs> you know y- you would think of it something that just sticks to your fingers quite and you know you sort of can't do anything with it. But phlegm is phlegm. There's two types of phlegm in the body. Um, which is like your substantial phlegm and your non-substantial phlegm. So phlegm that you can see, uh, which is like nodules and tumours and um, external growths in the body. And then you've got phlegm that you can't see, and that's, that is formed from dampness over a very long time. Um, so that's even stickier and harder to get rid of in the body. Does anybody else want to touch on non-substantial phlegm? Tom looks like he's got something to say. He looks... No. <laughs> no, I, I wanted to ask. I was like, could you explain how damp transforms into phlegm? I feel like that's... Because like, you said it came from here, but like, how does it work? Uh, good question. <laughs> <laughs> thank you, thank you. I guess I think of damp as kind of a softer form of like damp is kind of soft and kind of a little bit movable when you like press on it this is really strange um but it's no 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 i'm totally with you on this one kind of property whereas when you get that long-term damp accumulation it becomes phlegm and it becomes a bit harder and it's less movable i guess there's less movement with phlegm yeah dense is a good word than there is with damp tom still looks confused I'm always confused. That's yeah, fine. but that I I I I I I'm totally on that. Like, 
I think uh, Charlene. Charlene, are you a visual learner? You're. Are you a visual learner? I guess. Yeah, I guess. I mean, considering because, that like, we were doing our like what kung fu dances when learning herbs, I think I'm more of like a <laughs> yeah. kinetic, like a movement type learner. Yeah. But yeah, yeah, because I, I think I think we learn very similarly. Um, because I I think of it the same way. Like if you think about it, uh, <laughs> I'm going to use baking as an example this time. Um, you get water or milk or whatever. You get a liquid. <laughs> you chuck in a, like a a cup of flour, and it becomes like that th- like a thinner kind of like mixture. That's that's your dip. But then when you chuck in a whole bunch a, a lot more flour in it, and becomes that sticky kind of like that doughy type consistency. That's your flip. Yeah, yeah. nah, yeah. Yeah, nah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Tim still looks... Tim looks... Tim looks so confused. So confused. I was like sort of on board for Charlene's one. And then you said okay. add more flour and then it becomes thinner. Okay, let's... I said thicker. Oh, you said thicker? Let's... I said thicker. Oh, okay, okay, okay. okay. Add more flour and it becomes we... thicker. Yeah. yeah, that makes more sense to me, yeah. Yeah, so should we talk about it in like the human body? So like the abdomen, think of the, if you've got some fat in your middle, you can think of that as damp, whereas if it becomes harder and when you touch your belly, there's like a lump there or like there's something that's less movable than just the fat that could be, um, could be, what's the word? Like could be seen as phlegm, like if it's a bit harder. So, like nodules and cysts and stuff? Oh. Yeah. Yeah. That, yeah. that was a, that's a good, <laughs> good thing to touch on, actually. Uh, the cysts and nodules and all that. Um, usually, we consider those firmer ones and the uh, immovable ones as phlegm um, in Chinese medicine. Uh, whether that's the that's it manif- manifesting on the surface of the skin, if it's actually got to do with the surface of the surface of the skin, or if it's just like there, because <laughs> um, uh, and we will learn later on um, within the organs that the lung governs the surface of the skin. If it's actually got something to do with that, then yeah, it's relevant. But we usually treat nodules and cysts and all those growths type of growths more phlegm based. So that's where that kind of comes from. All right, is that is that anything to add to phlegm at all? Is that do 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 you understand that kind of dealio? Well, in in that case, if you don't understand, what is your understanding of phlegm? Yeah, from your point of view. Yes, how would uh, you describe it to someone? I I would just normally think because going back to your flour and water mixture, it's just like damp is that sort of. St- very heavy thick sticky moist sort of uh texture that's the build up in your body and normally once like because dampness tends to sink down into like from the stomach down to like the kidneys and all that lower stuff but when you heat it up and when you add fire it condenses all the body fluids into that harder substance that you guys were talking about and it tends to float to the lungs that's why when you cough, you have phlegm coming out as well. That's your body trying to get rid of it. Um, yeah, that's that's how I was, I was sort of thought of phlegm. It's just like it's been cooked and it's hardened and it, it becomes lighter because it lost a lot of that moisture and a lot of that wetness that was making it sink down. All right, I'm going to go into another cooking analogy. Okay, <laughs> All right. 
Okay. Because <laughs> that pathogenesis is, I think it's a little bit complex for the introductory series. Right. But like the, the, the consolida- consolidating of body fluids and all that. Um, so I feel like that might be for later. I was thinking if you want to, uh, you know what, I'll save that analogy for when we actually talk about that. But, um, but no, yeah, anything else to touch on? Oh, okay. All right. I'm, 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 <laughs> yeah, tease us. <laughs> right, I'll say it real quick. All right. So do you know when you make like a, a pasta sauce here and then it's a little bit too watery. So then you reduce, you reduce it by um, simmering it. Yeah, and it gets thicker. It, bur- it, it it kind of evaporates all the excess water, and it gets thicker and more gluggy. And that that's that's the kind of that's how I kind of see it. Um, it almost condenses everything into something that's more uh, solid, dense, and then it becomes a thicker, more even more glug- gluggier, yeah, concentrated kind of substance that's harder to get. Kind of like it's harder to stir. It's harder to move into a plate. It's harder to pour that kind of thing that's that's kind of how i picture it when it when it when we're talking about that pathogenesis anyway yeah, i agree so does that, uh, does that make sense yeah we hope all these analogies were able to help <laughs> you kind of understand these topics and understand what these things do within our body and as we've been saying previously we'll go into these concepts a lot more when we do talk about the organs and hopefully by the end of this series you'll understand them a lot more um did you guys want to add anything before i wrap up no no i think that's good good? i I think we're good i think we covered everything yeah (laughs) So, as always, thank you for listening to the Forever Young podcast. Don't forget to follow us on Facebook and join our discussion page. And... And, as always, we've been the Forever Young podcast, and you'll hear from us next time. Bye. Bye. Bye.